Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives you hope that a new life in Jesus is possible for you. We appreciate you, and thank you for listening. Hey, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. I'm excited about this sermon. It's a little bit different because we're going to just kind of walk through what Jesus did for this man. Because I believe that there are, there are some things that Jesus does that's very intentional. And I, this is just the way that I read the Bible. I just read it and I just take it practical. I, I see things. And uh, so I'll take you through this journey here of what I see happening in this text of how Jesus is very intentional and very specific. And everything that we see here is, of course, principles within God's word. Um, but I want you to see this because I, I really want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you that uh, your growth, how, how many of you want to grow in Christ, right? I think we all have that desire as a believer, but sometimes we get discouraged. So if I can encourage you this morning uh, that you don't quit, don't give up, don't, don't get discouraged, don't feel like the enemy's beating you up, Satan's pulling you back and beating you up because you don't see growth in your life, I want to just tell you, if I can encourage you today, that sometimes growth is gradual. So can you say that with me, gradual growth? Let's say that, gradual growth. That's my theme today, that's my encouragement for you today, is that God does a, Jesus does a gradual miracle, but I don't want you to just see the gradual physical miracle. I really want you to see that God is growing this man gradually even in his faith as well. So I don't know if you know, how many of you watch the, uh, uh, the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings? You know of J.R. Tolkien. How many of you read maybe the books? All right, most of us have. J.R.R. Tolkien makes this statement. I love this in one of the books, and I believe it's the Hobbit. He says, little by little, one travels far. Little by little, one travels far. So we understand that we make, we make great gains by doing little increments of steps. And as long as we stay consistent in our life, and that principle works in every area of your life, guys. It works in your relationships, that you make these small steps towards growth, and it will happen in your relationships. Same thing with physical. How many, how many of you ever did, remember when P90X came out? How many remember? Anyone ever tried P90X? Come on, let me see you champions. All right, come on, leave your hands. I want to see it. All right, there's only two of us that tried P90X. Well, you're not going to appreciate this at all then. P90X will kick your tail. Do, do I have a witness, right? So P90X, if you've never done it, I still have the DVDs if you want to buy, borrow them, by the way. So we, I, I did this years ago. We were, we were doing this routine. Every morning, I forget the guy's name, but I got tired of seeing his face. And him yelling at me, come on, you can do it, you can do it. So we did this P90X, and I'm sweating everything that's in me. I'm working every muscle out. I'm doing the ab cruncher. I forget what it's called, crusher abs or whatever. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was from hell. Satan created this. I'm just telling you right now. So I did this for months. We did this, and I got tired. I don't know about you, but I don't mind hard work. I don't mind discipline. But I want to see something, see some results. Do I have a witness, right? I mean, I can do this, but I want to make sure that, that there's results. And I got so discouraged. I'm like, man, Bobby, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting up at the crack of dawn, and I'm skipping meals and killing my body. I'm in pain, and I don't see anything happening. 
Well, it wasn't until a year later that I saw a picture. I saw a picture. It resurfaced from a year when we were doing that. And I'm telling you, I was like, wow, who's that guy? <laughs> like, wow, that was working. I mean, I, 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 looked, I looked healthier. I was, I was in fit. My face looked better. Uh, I had, I was like, I mean, I had some guns going on. Like, I was like, wow, this is really, it was working. So I really was kicking myself because I gave up because I didn't see the results. Sometimes you don't see the growth that's happening in your life. And right now, you're right in the middle of, if I can encourage someone, you are in the middle of a ab cruncher season in your life. You are in the middle of exercising your faith, and it feels like nothing is working. Can I encourage you right now that you, a year from now, you will look back and you will see, this is a word for somebody, you're going to see that God has been growing you. So if I can encourage, don't give up in the process. Sometimes it's in our darkest moments when we feel like nothing is going on. That is when God is doing his greatest work in your life. Do I have a witness this morning? Remember we used to, as kids, we used to uh, go to the doorway. Maybe you didn't do this, but we did. Went to my doorway and I'd make a mark because I, I wanted to be six foot so bad. So I'd make a mark on the doorway and I'd measure it. How many did that? How many had marks on your doorways, all right? I mean, you haven't lived until you did. you got to do this for your kids. Mark up the whole doorway, all right? So every, every year they're, they're growing by centimeters, by inches, and by the time they get into high school, I mean, you can just see the growth. And we want that. How many, how many remember the first time that you tried to ride a bicycle, right? Right? How many times did it take you before you fell down? I don't know why, but we grew up on a farm, so we didn't have paved roads. We had gravel and yards, our legs. You've never rode a bike until you ride a bike in the yard. Do I have a witness, somebody? I mean, your leg muscles are like this. I mean, we're like kids walking around with leg muscles because we try to ride bikes in the yard. It takes everything in you. But we learn, and I don't know about you, but we didn't have, I don't know, I don't know why we did this, but we get up on the largest rock because we graduated from a little bicycle to a 10-speed. That's the worst thing. Listen, don't try to ride a bicycle if you don't know how to ride a bike and your first bike is a 10-speed. Do I have a witness, somebody? Especially if you're a guy. All right, so we would get up on this rock and we would push off and we'd jump on this bike and try to ride a 10-speed. <laughs> narrow tires trying to ride a 10-speed through the yard. But we learned. But how do we do this? Through falling down, through struggling, scrapes and bruises. But I'm telling you this, come on, a month later, we know how to ride. We know how to ride a 10-speed. And I'm telling you, there are things in your life that seem like it's going wrong in your life. You maybe get, feel like you're knocked down, discouraged, but don't be discouraged. God is training you for the next season of your life if you would just stay steady and stay consistent in your life. Amen. Do I have a witness somebody? So some miracles are not even instant in our life. I love when God does a suddenly miracle. But some miracles are not instant. Some are very gradual. And Mark chapter 8 reminds us that a miracle in of this miracle in progress is a gradual growth. And I want you to see this today. Let's read Mark chapter 8, verses 22 and through 28. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man. I want you to write, just underline your Bible there, some people. Some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And you can underline that, begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. 
And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the blind man's eyes, and then his eyes were open. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, we thank you for your presence that we sense here today. We pray you open your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us in Jesus' name. Can you shout amen? So I want you to see first off today, I want you to see some people. Can you say that with me? Say some people. This is, this is the time where you are, enjoy the some people. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus. Have you ever been in that conversation that they would say, hey, there's some people mad at you. I mean, have been in that kind of situation, right? There's some people upset with you. There's some people, and you say, well, like who's upset? What's, who's the some people? And they name like one person, right? But in this text, there's actually some people that's actually doing the right thing. Some people who are who are bringing people to Jesus. Can I just tell you, New Spring, that's the some people that we want to be. We want to be some people who are bringing people to Jesus. How many want to be that some people, right? We want to be the people, the some people who know our mission, that it is our mission to bring people to Jesus. God is looking for what we talked about last week, spiritual mothers and fathers, that you're a spiritual mother, you're a spiritual father, and that you are, are spiritually reached this place of maturity that you know that life is just not about you, that church is not just about you. It's also about other people, and you're reaching to a place where you don't need people to take care of you now because you, you got this, all right? But now you are looking as a spiritual mother and father that it's your opportunity now to bring people to Jesus Christ. You're a spiritual father, a spiritual mother who are more concerned about bringing people to Jesus than turning the church into a country club. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is not about our church. It's about the church that God is still reaching people. How many know that, right? We can get, sometimes we can get too focused on, well, this is the way I want it. This is the way I need it. This is the way it's for me. But we got to keep our eyes always looking to the harvest field, that God is still reaching new people into this kingdom. And God wants us to be the some people who's bringing, come on, some people to Jesus Christ. And that is our mission. Secondly, I want you to see this, that they begged Jesus to touch him. They begged Jesus. I love that phrase because it shows that they had some passion. It's not being reluctant. It's not being passive, but they're passionately, and they're saying, Jesus, you've got to touch this man. Is there anyone in your life right now that you are so passionate about that they get a touch from God that you are almost begging Jesus? Come on. Have you ever been in that season of your life where you're begging Jesus God, we just need you to touch. We need you to move. We need you, God, to move some things in our life and move some things in my people's life, in my friend's life. Have you been in that place? Come on, where you're begging. You're begging God. And it's okay sometimes to, to come to the Lord and say what we talked about Wednesday night, James chapter, I believe it's uh, 2 or 5, I don't remember where he says, the factual fervent prayer. We talked about fervent prayer, right? What's that look like? But we're begging. Sometimes I think this means that they were fervently asking Jesus. How many of you know that sometimes that's a demonstration of your faith? 
Your faith is not passive. It's not, but James talks about this. He says, show me your, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. What does that mean? It means if I have faith, I'm going to be doing something, actively doing something to touch heaven, to touch Jesus. It was the woman with the issue of blood that pressed through the crowd and she touched Jesus' garment. That was, that, was, that was begging Jesus. I don't know about you this morning, but I feel that there's an urgency in the body of Christ where we know that we want a touch from Jesus Christ. What does a touch from Jesus look like? I think it looks like many different things, and that's why we have done these Wednesday nights. Because sometimes you can get a touch from Jesus as you're doing your personal devotions and you open the Word of God and you, the words leap off of the Bible and into your spirit and Jesus has touched you. How many of you have ever had those moments in your life? And sometimes that you're in the presence of God and in a worship service like this and as you begin to focus everything out or tune everything out and begin to focus on Jesus and the words that you're singing and you open your heart and you tear down these walls that are keeping you from going further emotionally even, and you say, you know what, God, I want you to touch me, that we can have Jesus touch us, touch our heart, our soul, our spirit, even in the middle of a worship service. Have you ever been touched by Jesus in a worship service? Maybe you've flipped on worship in your home, in your living room, or in your car, and you begin to just tune everything out, just only enough to keep your car between the two lines, right? And you have Jesus come inside your car, and Jesus touched you. I mean, come on, how many of you had Jesus touch you? And I'm just telling you this, we're in a time where this church is passionate about bringing people to church, not just for the sake of church, but to have Jesus touch people while we're, come on, come on, worshiping in church. We want Jesus to touch our hearts, our soul, and our spirits. And here's what we say, whatever Jesus touches, he transforms. Come on, have you been transformed? Come on, by the powerful touch of Jesus Christ. That's why it's important that I want Jesus to touch my children's hearts. That's why I want people to, to be touched by Christ because whatever Jesus touches, there's transformation that takes place. And if we could just focus that we're not coming just for a good feeling, we're coming for Jesus to touch us so we could be transformed by him. And I'm telling you, Christ is touching your life through his word, through your devotion, through your prayer time, you may not feel like anything's happening, but Jesus is touching your body, your soul, and your spirit, and transformation is going to take place in your life. Thirdly, Jesus leads him out of the village. He leads him out of the village. Isn't this interesting? I'm thinking, what's wrong with the village? they got a bunch of village people. I don't know what the deal is. But Jesus leads him out of the village before he ever heals them. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is healing him spiritually. He's going to do that. Or, or rather, he's going to heal him physically, but he's going to heal him spiritually first. What is Jesus leading you out of? Because what you're in is not contributing to spiritual health in your life. And has Jesus ever led you out of something because he knows that he has something better for you. It is better to walk around blind with Jesus than to be able to see and live life alone without him. How many can give witness to that? Jesus delays his healing so he can take him out of this environment 
to do a work in his spirit first. Look at this. He is positioning him so his faith can grow. What good would it be for Jesus to heal him physically, but he's still blind spiritually? You can have a physical healing and still be in need of a spiritual healing to truly make you whole. But how many of you know when Jesus brings a miracle in your life, he's not only going to touch you physically, he's going to touch you emotionally. He's going to touch you, come on, your soul, your spirit, your emotions, because Jesus wants us to be whole, and that's what Jesus does. When he saves us, he doesn't just save us from our sins because we're sorry for what we've done. He saves us, our heart, from being corrupt to where we want to sin. So what is he doing? He's touching us so we can keep the healing and the miracle in our life. But he's got to bring this man out of the village in order to do a work on him, not only physically but also spiritually. He needs faith. Listen, we need faith not just for a miracle, but we need faith to learn how to follow Jesus. I remember when I gave my heart to Christ, I was a teenager, and I was in and out, up and down. I was struggling with the world, struggling with different things in my life. And I knew that some of these things that I was doing, it was, it, was, it was killing me spiritually. Because when I did some of these things, I didn't love Jesus as much. I wasn't passionately pursuing him. And here's what Galatians, Galatians says, lay aside the weight and sin. So there's a distinction. There's weights and sin. And I'm telling you, I had some weights. Some of the things were not necessarily sin. But, but there was weights that I was bringing on my life that was hindering my spiritual walk with God. But I remember I, was, I got along with Christ and I was praying one day and said, God, I, I don't want to struggle no more. Can I tell you that I gave, I gave my life to Christ and I said, God, I'm, I'm making a commitment right now and I'm begging you right now to take, I'm asking you to take some of the desire of some of these weights and sins out of my life. The next time that I got into the presence of God, I experienced something so powerful. How many of you ever had a, uh, a one-time deliverance in your life where you were struggling maybe with addiction or um, maybe something in your life that you knew one touch from Christ began to take and remove that out of you? Can I, can I see your hand? You've had that kind of experience in your life. Kevin Whipperman, our youth pastor, he shared his experience a few times with us where he was addicted to heroin. And the, 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 how he got free from heroin was, of course, there was a lot of practical things that he had to do to push back from that. But he can take you back to the moment where he had a spiritual touch from Jesus that removed the biggest part of that desire to where he wanted, he didn't want to go back to that. Isn't that powerful? How many believe that Jesus can still do that? Come on, we're not so cynical about what's going on around us that we've forgotten that God can do those suddenly things. And so whether it's suddenly and then there's some things that we got to do practically to remove some of those things. But here's the bottom line, that Jesus wants to touch us in a way that, but we got to pull ourselves out of, but you can't hang around with the same people that are doing heroin, right? There's no way. You can't hang out with the same people. If you don't want to be a liar no more or a gossip, then you got to stop hanging around liars and gossipers. Are you with me this morning? Jesus got to lead him out of a village so he can heal him and heal his deepest part of his life. What's the, so what's the deal with this? I'm just going to tell you that the environment of this village that Jesus needed him to remove, remove him, the environment that he was around, obviously Jesus needed to remove him from that. 
I want to just tell you this. Environment and culture matters. It matters to growth. It matters to trees. It matters to how we do a garden. You've got to make sure you have the right, right soil. You've got to have the right sunlight. You've got to have the right water. You've got to have the right nutrients, the right fertilizer. And the same thing with our spiritual life, guys. If we're going to grow deeper in Christ, then we have to pay attention to the environment and the culture that we are around. It is in the solitude that God speaks the loudest. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the hype and the excitement and the emotion side of it, but, but really what God wants is to bring you out of the village where it's loud and bring you to a, solid, a solitude place, a place of solitude where he can speak the loudest into your heart. We're living in a culture where they don't want, where they don't want to stop the noise. i got to fill my life of Netflix and TV and I need to download this and I need to keep my eyes glued to the phone and i got to be attached to it 24-7. Why? We're addicted to noise. We're addicted to movement. We're addicted to, and no one wants to get alone somewhere in the woods somewhere and say, God, I need you to speak to me just as quiet as I can be. Why? Because there's a lot of things that God wants to unpack some stuff. It's okay for you to be uncomfortable in the quiet moments of your life because that's where the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you. And we're going to have to be man enough and woman enough to deal with some of the things that he's saying, I need to remove this out of you. It is in the solitude and the quiet moments that God is going to speak the loudest in your life. He'll give you the grace to be quiet. He'll give you the grace to deal with the things that we're trying to cover up. We're trying to mask. We're trying to override it. But I sense this morning that Jesus is leading us out of some of these places where we need noise. We need movement. And he's saying, I want you to be still and know that I'm God. Are you with me this morning? Environment and culture matters. God's presence, here's the deal, God's presence will bring you strength. It'll bring you stability. It'll bring you wisdom. Sometimes you need to just close some apps. Turn off the phone. Turn off some conversations, pull away from some people and say, God, I need to hear your voice. That'll bring more stability than you checking out everything that's going on in Washington and around the world and keeping you excited and stirred up and no peace at all and you're worried and fretting. You're wondering why there's no peace. It's because we got our ears tuned to the wrong voices in our life. And Jesus sometimes needs to lead us out of the village. So it's just Jesus and you. <laughs> Which is the best place that we could be. How many want to go spend some time with just Jesus? Doesn't it sound attractive? Just to tune everything out and only hear the voice of Jesus. How many know that wisdom comes from hearing the voice of Jesus? How many know that stability will come when we're hearing the voice of Jesus? I don't know, maybe God, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's challenging you right now to enter into a time. Maybe this week you need to just make sure you be intentional. Stop listening to unwise counsel. Pull back and hear what Jesus is saying. So I say, Lord, lead me out of the village if you have to. Let me walk alone with Jesus. 
So he also, Jesus, spit in this man's eye. Isn't it funny how Jesus is going to do something that's unorthodoxed? I mean, this is not normal. You don't spit in people's eyes, but Jesus spit in this man's eye. This is weird. This, I would be offended, right? Come on. If I, who needs a healing in your eyeballs? Well, come up here. Let me spit in your eye. I would be offended at this. Not only with being scared to death, you gave me COVID. I don't know what, I mean, I mean, this is unorthodox. This is not normal. But I wonder, come on, I wonder how many times have we been upset because Jesus decides to do a miracle or bring growth in our life in a way that we don't like. Maybe God is trying to get to you. There's been many times that it says, Shannon, I'm trying to get to you, but your head is so hard, I can't even talk to you because all you see it is one way, and it's your way. But how many know that God's way, come on, is not only different than my way, but his way is even better than my way. What is God trying to do? He's leading you out of the village where everything's nice and cozy and everything's in its proper place. But I want to lead you out of, some, out of your comfort zone so I can do some things in your life. And you may not like the method and you may not like the format, but I'm going to tell you this. You're going to like the miracle and you're going to like the growth. You're going to like the fruit that's going to come out of, come on, the way that Jesus does it. So, and he says to him, what do you see? Now, he's Jesus. But he still asks the question, what do you see? Jesus knows. Do you not think that Jesus, if he, can, if he can heal, he can raise the dead? How many of you know that when Jesus spit in his eyes that Jesus already knew that it was going to be a gradual healing? I believe that with all my heart I, because I know Jesus. This is the guy that can interpret people's thoughts. He can interpret their motives. He knows what they're thinking. And Jesus doesn't know that he just spit in a man's eyes and his eyes are still blurry. He knew this. What is he doing? He's intentionally showing us that sometimes miracles and growth are going to be gradual in your life. But you're going to have to, you're going to, have to assess, what are you seeing? What do you see? What do you see in your life? Do you see that you're growing deeper? What do you see in your relationships, in your marriage? What do you see? Are you frustrated with what's going on around you? Are you frustrated with life? Has the enemy talked to you so much that you become cynical at everything that you see? Can I just tell you, I'm, I'm brag on Margie Lazat, Miss Margie. Miss Margie usually comes second service. She sits right over here. How old, is, how old is Margie? How old is Margie? Come on, she's your grandmother. Late 70s. All right, late 70s. You know why I love Margie Lazat? Because I don't care what kind of service we have. Things can go wrong on the screens. We can miss it. I can go a little too long, whatever the case is. But Margie Lazat, Miss Margie, will always, 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 always come with an encouraging word. Say, oh, God's presence was so good today, Pastor. God met with us today. You know why? Because she comes in without cynicism, without being critical. She comes in with a spirit of thankfulness. And no matter what service you put her in, she's always going to see that God is moving. Can I just tell you? God is always moving and he's always speaking, but it depends on what do we see. What do we see? I can leave, I can drop this microphone and go into that preschool right now and listen to one of our teachers read a scripture verse and I can hear God. I can listen to one of the kids give feedback about what that scripture means and I'm telling you, I can hear God and feel God in that preschool room. Why? Because it matters what do you see and Jesus is saying to you today, what do you see about your life? Do I have a witness in this place. What do you see? 
How many times in the Bible that God references the word see? What is God trying to get you to see? Vision, vision gives your pain a purpose. Without that vision, without the right vision, your pain is going to look useless. Your frustration and your struggles are going to weigh on you and push you down. But when you have vision and you can see God, you can say, God, I'm going through hell. I'm going through hell. I'm going through pain. But I know that when I come through this valley, I know there's going to be great victory in my life. This man obviously was not born blind because he said, I see men. I see people walking. And I see them as trees. How would he know what people look like unless he saw before? How would he know what trees look like before? Because he could see before. This man obviously was not born blind. He lost his sight along the way. The danger for us is not to allow the world and the things around us get us to a place where we lose our vision, that we lose our sight. And Jesus says to him, that's what you see. Here's what I love about the grace of God. No matter what situation you brought in here today, Jesus says, come here. And the Bible says, once more, Jesus touched him. How many are glad, come on, that the grace of God, no matter what, we, what we're faced with, no matter even what kind of attitude we have, no matter if we're cynical today, no matter if we can't see, how many are grateful that God's grace wants to touch us, come on, once more. I feel like there's a once more, come on, touch here today. I said, I feel like there's a once more touch here today that God wants to touch us once more. He wants to move our hearts once more. I don't care what the enemy has stole from you. I don't care where you have been. Here's what I love about God. When he restores, he restores you to a place it's like you never lost anything. How many love that about God? It's like I never lost anything. God will catch you up. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm has eaten. I will, I will restore what you have lost, but it will be like you never left. I love this about God. You can come back into the kingdom of God, and it's like you never left because, come on, that's the grace of God. How many believe that God wants to touch us once more today? Come on, give him a praise this morning. Gradual growth is restoration. It's taking some things out, removing and putting things in that are new. I, I love uh, Fixer Upper. I don't know if it's still on. Fixer, I used to love watch Fixer Upper with uh, Joanna and Chip. How could I forget a name like Chip? Chip Gaines. And what would they do? They'd take these old homes and they would gut it out. And they would take some old stuff out and they would bring new stuff in. Come on, God wants to take some old stuff out of our life but not leave us empty, but put some new stuff in. How many are you excited about the new level and the new growth that God is giving to us? Can I just encourage you? Don't let the enemy beat you up. God is restoring you, and he's renewing you, and the next season that you're coming into, I'm telling you, it's going to be stronger and greater. If you don't fail, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep going. God's giving you gradual growth. Someone shout gradual growth. How many of you thought that 2020 meant that we're going to have this awesome vision, all right? I mean, come on, let's, let's talk to our spiritual, our spiritual people for a moment. Well, I love having a word for the year. Bonnie's word for 2021, she really sensed in the time that God, that she spent with God in his presence and devotion, that God said 2021 is going to be a year of fulfillment. 
and I believe this with all my heart. Last year in 2020, if you remember correctly, and I had it on my door the whole year, and I said, this is going to be a year that God's going to show us joy and hope. Think about it. You can either see that contradicting or you could see that challenging to say, man, in a year of 2020, the year from hell, that God wants us to see that we can be going through the worst season of all, what we know of our life, that we can still have hope and have joy. We thought that 2020 meant that we're going to have this awesome vision, but did we know that we're going to be challenged to keep our vision? Can I tell you, in 2021, God wants to bring us to a place to where we grow deeper in him, that we're not on the surface or shallow. Come on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It matters where my faith is at, and my faith is anchored in a God to, I, to where I know God. I know that God is faithful to come through every time in our life. And lastly, he says to him, don't go back to the village. Someone shout, don't go back. God gives new life, but people sometimes run back to the old life. You may be challenged to run back, but I'm telling you, don't run back to what God brought you out of. God gives freedom from addiction, and people will run back to the very thing that enslaved them. And God's saying, don't run back. Don't run back to the places. You're never going to be able to live shallow again. You're going to have to go forward and believing that God's going to speak to you at a higher level because you've reached a place of spiritual maturity. Someone shout, don't go back. Maybe the village was not necessarily bad, but maybe not able to help him gradually grow. Maybe the village would not respect or value gradual growth. Maybe they expected him to live like this, and therefore Jesus says, I don't want you discouraged, so don't go back. Don't go back to where you can't be valued for what God is doing in your life. You may need, be, may need to cut some ties to the voices in your head that, that speaks against the gradual growth that God is trying to do in your life. You may have to throw some things out where the enemy has been speaking against what God's trying to do. And you say, well, I'm not going back to that. I'm going to go back to a place where I'm valued in Christ and valued in growth and valued in the process. Do I have a witness this morning? You and I don't need fast, extreme growth. Sometimes fast growth is not good. The roots are not able to support. I've heard from people who do lawns, and they said, it's good for you to turn off your water sometimes because if you keep your, your yard saturated, that yard, that, that grass is expecting water all the time and it's not going to be able to withstand any form of drought at all, any level of drought. But if you gradually train your grass and space out the time that you're watering it, the roots are learning to go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Why? Because the root system is looking for water and nutrients. And you're it'll, it'll be able to sustain through times of drought. Maybe, maybe what you're experiencing right now, you say, Pastor, I just, I don't know how long, much longer I can go. I don't know how much more discouragement I can face or how much negativity I can be around. And God is saying, dig your roots a little bit deeper. Find your comfort and your strength in my word and in my presence. And you'll come through this season not failing, 
but triumphing, growing, victory with a testimony. Bonnie prayed it over us. We said it this morning. Our prayer focus today says that when we get through this, this trial, this season, come on, you're not going to come through this with your head down. You're going to come out with your hands up, praising God. That's what Romans chapter 5 talks about, that you're going to come out praising God through the trials that you've been through. How many believe that this morning? Come on, can we stand to our feet for just a moment? Praise team's going to come and sing this last song. But I want you to see this as they're coming. Look, Exodus chapter, look at the screen here for a moment. Exodus 23. This was not the only time that God did a gradual growth. He did it in Exodus 2 and Exodus as well. Exodus 23. He says, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Look what he says. He says, but little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of it. God's saying, I even know how much growth you need. Can we trust God with every area of our life? where we may be anxious that we want now results. We want things to change now. We want them to be the way, we want, the way we want them to be. But God, can you trust God that he is giving you, he is working on some things now so that when you do come into that place of deeper growth, it will not quickly disappear or the enemy will not take it away from you. How many know the promises are good? How many know that blessings of God are good, but what if the enemy takes away that blessing? Come on, then our heart is broken. But there are some blessings that God's saying, I'm going to bring into your life that the enemy can't even touch because I've been working on some things where the enemy can't even touch your blessings. Amen? I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. And I don't know why, but when I got up this morning and was reviewing my notes and just praying over this message and praying for you today, this, this word, this scripture came to my mind. And I believe, I believe it's what God is saying. He said, I'm the God that, that took this blind man by the hand. I took him by the hand. Jesus said, I led him out. Can you trust God this morning that he has you? That he knows your every step that you need to take? Can you trust that God has your hand today? And that he's leading you into places of spiritual growth, physical miracles. Come on, how many know that it's great that I'm growing physically, pastor, or spiritually, but I need some, I need some physical manifestation to show up in my life. I need anybody here needing a miracle from God. Listen to this scripture verse. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and through 3. Look what it says. But now, O Jacob. Listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You Look at this. God's going to get possessive. You are mine, God says. You're mine. And when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Look what he says. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's a word for somebody today. 
that God says, I am with you. Can you just lift your hands for a moment right now and open your hearts? God is wanting to speak over your life. And let's sing this song. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text CONNECTNC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.